0: and management.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we're welcoming Julie Daniluk. She's a nutritionist and hosts Healthy Gourmet, a reality cooking show that looks at the ongoing battle between taste and nutrition. She's here today sharing with us her new book, Hot Detox. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you so much for having
3: me on. I think uh, this is a a wonderful opportunity to share,
2: and I'm honoured. So what brought you to writing about nutrition and food well I was very sick so I went to
3: Thailand and nearly died of food poisoning and came home with post-infectious colitis which I think is more common than people think that afterwards my bowels just never recovered from that that really difficult food infection and then I proceeded to have a lot of Inflammatory reactions as a result, like from the colitis, it started to move into my joints, which is also common. So I had, um, you know, really uh, juvenile. Like it was, it was shocking how much arthritis I had in my my hands, my my hips, and I ended up with bursitis as well. So when you have in- inflammation A, B, and C arthritis, bursitis, and colitis, you start to take it really seriously because I was only thirty, and I felt like I was living in a sixty year old body. So I wrote my first book, Meals That Heal Inflammation, but my digestion was never perfect until I met a wonderful traditional Chinese medicine doctor in Toronto by the name of Dr. Susan Sun. And she taught me about the Chinese food theory and how important it is to warm up your food. So I started to study about about that and was blown away at, at how this 5,000-year-old tradition, as you know, as a traditional Chinese practitioner, how amazing the food theory really is. So I thought, hey, it's time to pull the East and the West together. There's a lot of really good books on traditional Chinese medicine, but I wanted to simplify it and also add 600 Western um, medical studies so that people felt it was very valid. And I really like the results. It's been going really well.
2: Well, you know, that's one, one thing I loved about your book. I mean, obviously, as a Chinese medicine doctor, I loved reading this. Um, you know, after my own illness, um, I still... Um, prefer to have my foods warmed up. You know, if I have advice from elsewhere to have a shake in the morning, I'm cold all day and I know that that doesn't work for me and it hasn't in so long. And everybody's, you know, oh, this is good for you. Have a protein shake and it, it doesn't work for me. And so I love that, you know, you're um, bringing that forward that that when your digestion doesn't work properly, it really doesn't work for you to, to have these cold things that are just going to shock your system. And, and and you're bringing so much information about that, um, you know, which I think is great. Thank you. Yeah,
3: I'm so happy to have such good reception. It's, it went to number one and now it's eight
2: weeks on the bestseller
3: list. So it feels great.
2: <laughs> well, that's awesome. So I was going to, uh, my next question was to ask you why it's called Hot Detox. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about that a little bit, but maybe just bring that forward a little bit so everybody knows sure. what you and I are talking about.
3: Sure. So with the hot detox, I'm really pulling from both traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, which is the the, yoke, the ancient yogic tradition, of uh, really looking at the weather outside and saying what's really um, a good food to be eating energetically. And then I'm also pulling in um, the importance of the warming spices. If you have any sort of inflammation, we have great Western science to show that turmeric and ginger and cumin, and coriander, and cinnamon, these warming spices are incredibly healthy as an anti-inflammatory remedy. So I use warming spices, I use energetically warming foods pulled from the traditional Chinese medicine texts, and then I also really make sure that people warm up their food temperature-wise. And a lot of people debate, oh, I thought raw food was the healthiest, well, there's there's a couple of problems with raw food. One, it carries a lot of microbes. And, and when we look at food poisoning, that's the number one place we often have problems, undercooked meats, undercooked produce. Um, we we really see a problem with raw milk. Uh, those kind of, well, I'm really going to get myself in hot water, but because um, I just realized there's a whole community who loves raw milk. But that's really where we, we do see an overgrowth of microbes. And as a person who nearly died of food poisoning, I'm very aware that cooking is a safety precaution. And then by really focusing on breaking open the cellulose, people with either irritable bowel syndrome or inflammatory bowel disease will find it so much easier to digest all of these produce items. Because I have a lot of clients who said, I can't eat salad. It goes straight through me. And I said, well, let's warm the salad up. And once we pour boiling broth over the salad and cook it down, not not harshly cooking it, but just wilting it and breaking open that cellulose a little bit, wow, people love the fact that it's so much easier to digest, reducing the bloating, the gas, and the pain that can come from eating large amounts of raw produce.
2: Well, you know... Um I, I treat a lot of people for parasites. I think people don't realize how common they are. And every time I have this conversation with people, of course, they're like, where did this come from? How did I get this? And I always like to point out this study that showed that a pre, sorry, pre-washed lettuce can have up to four parasites on it. And this is something mm. that we're trusting that we can just grab and throw in a bowl and we think is, is clean mm. for us. So when we're talking about that part of it, the safety precaution, um, you know, that the cat that, I think, is important to, to realize. And then, of course, if you've been through health issues and your digestion isn't optimal um, yet or um, just isn't going to get there for you, it is important to help it to break things down like you're talking about so that we can right. get absorb things, right? Um, it's great yeah. if you have an optimal nutri- digestive system, but if it's not perfect, we're not going um, to get the nutrients from the food anyway.
3: Exactly. And that's one thing that I wanted to show with science. So here we have a theory, but I have three studies in the book showing how we now know that you get more nutrition out of produce when you do cook it, cook it just lightly and then add oil to it. You end up uh, with a higher absorption of nutrients like beta-carotene and lycopene. These are critical phytonutrients that really help to heal. And why leave all that nutrition flying straight through you, where if you broke it down slightly, your body can absorb so much more
2: of it. Exactly. Um, So when we're, you know, that's the hot part of your uh, title, Mm -hmm. but then there's there's the detox part. So why is detoxing so important?
3: Well, there's 82,000 chemicals in our system that are in our world that didn't exist even 300 years ago. You can imagine we went from maybe five, 600 uh, chemicals that, that we were able to put together and now there's 82,000 and these are hormone mimicking that are really messing with our hormones, people on a lot of different um, medications that they need to help their liver really flush out. By eating this way, it's not a strong purgative cleanse. It's a food-based cleanse that's going to help your body handle what's out in the world and really help to balance your hormones, improve your immune system, and certainly reduce inflammation from head to toe. So I do hope people understand that. We live in this modern world. Hey, if you lived on an organic tropical paradise, You wouldn't need to cleanse. What you you needed would be all around you. But because we are living in in oftentimes city centers or heavily polluted areas,
2: we better give our body the upper hand
3: and, and cleanse with food.
2: Uh, well, you know, we've done some shows on, on the toxins and where they come from. Um, and, uh, you know, as somebody who's sensitive to them, I appreciate talking about them again, as well as as talking about how to, you know, detox them. Um, I think people don't realize, you know, how prevalent this is. And, and we just kind of accept it as the norm. But it's actually changed really fast for us. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it. it yeah, it's it's changed in, in my mom's lifetime. And um and so I, I think we need to become more aware of that and really just get back to, you know, basics of how we can help ourselves. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the the amount of nutrition that's required to run your liver is shocking. And that's why my 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 editor wanted to pull out all my liver charts with all the science showing all the nutrients required. I said, Hold on a second you got to keep that in that's what's going to sell the book because people will will really be surprised to see that you need vitamin B2 and B6 and vitamin C and glutathione and cysteine and glycine and zinc and like people are shocked at at how many nutrients it takes to do a good job of liver detoxification and that's why I'm not a big fan of just having These highly restricted diets where people are living just on cabbage soup or a lemonade for 10 solid days, that's not giving you the actual nutrition you need to have your liver really do its job properly. And that's why I wanted to do an easy-to-follow food-based plan.
2: Uh, You know, I love that because that's actually, you know, how I work. When I tell people, okay, we're going to do some detoxing, and then I give them their plan, and they're like, "Where's the detox?" Because it's not what I do isn't harsh either. It's just some supplements to support them, so that we can, and some diet changes, so we can stimulate those changes. But I don't go on this super strict plan, and I, I don't, you know, eliminate fruit, and I don't eliminate a bunch of stuff, and so they're they're shocked at how much freedom that they get to eat you know delicious food at the same time yeah that's what I wanted to help people feel comfortable with is that I'm
3: actually going to introduce so many new choices that your horizons are going to grow instead of being limited because there's nothing worse than feeling like you're in diet prison you only last a few days and you want to fall off right but if you had enough flavor to carry you then a lot of people tell me that they want to double up on this cleanse and do one back-to-back, and when they come off, they want to use some of these recipes forever. They become their new favorites because they're so delicious.
2: Well, I think a good, you know, program isn't one that you feel tortured in, but one that you, um, you know, you have an adjustment period like we do with any change, and then you learn to love it, and it becomes part of a lifestyle instead of Mm -hmm. something that's, you know, tortured for you know you Mm -hmm. feel tortured doing absolutely yeah um you said when you were sick you came back with you know arthritis and you had um colitis and you know that that's a lot of inflammation and i think there's a lot of people experiencing that kind of inflammation can you just talk about what that that does to us you know what our regular diets and all these chemicals are doing to our bodies Absolutely.
3: So unfortunately, the amount of white flour and white sugar in some diets is causing severe inflammation. When we, when we have white flour and white sugar, it actually causes glycation, meaning that the, the cells can't talk to one another and they get damaged. So when you have a high sugar, high flour diet, we end up with glycating our, our joints. Uh, that means that the, the collagen is not really able to link correctly. It cross-links and ends up being damaged, so that can cause arthritis pain. If it uh, affects your eyes, it develops into cataracts. If It affects your, your arteries. It develops into heart disease. If, if, it, if it attacks your brain, then it can. Um, just just read another new study that just came out last week showing that they now have proven that white sugar and white flour will actually dramatically increase your chance of getting Alzheimer's because of the placking that occurs in the brain. So there's just some really good examples of this flout this this very processed diet, how much it does age us and cause inflammation. And when we look to the the parts of the world with the world's oldest people, they all have anti inflammatory choices. And they all relatively have a low-sugar, low-flour menu. They're all eating those 7 to 10 veggies. But when you think about it, Japan, Greece, uh, Sardinia, Italy, uh, and certainly Costa Rica and California, there's a lot of uh, produce, very low amounts of, of uh, dreadful sugar and flour, and also a, a huge focus on omega-3, the good fat. So I just I just am amazed that people are uh, unaware of the dangers of sugar. They kind of think that it's an innocent uh, treat, like it's empty calories. And I'm like, no, it's not empty calories. It's actually damaging calories. They they work like a credit card, zapping your system of vitamin B and, and zinc and all those wonderful things you need to cleanse and to reduce your inflammation. So that's why we obviously have no flour or sugar or dairy or any of the allergens that people typically have a problem with, like corn and soy and those foods that people are really challenged by now, nowadays?
2: Well, you know, I think it's good to, to bring this, um, It you know... Um, forward for people to see I mean people talk about it all the time but you know the as you said the empty calorie um saying that has has, I guess is giving people the wrong impression of what it is because it's actually draining our nutrients and and -hmm. we have to digest something we're not getting anything from and then it stimulates all sorts of other things or blood sugar and our inflammation and um it's really easy to get stuck in that cycle and um it's it's so, uh, I remember when I first quit sugar, I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was before I went to school and was doing this and everybody thought that I was crazy and they're like, why wouldn't you do that? You need sugar. I'm like, not that kind of sugar though, you know, and, and I was trying to make healthy choices and it was so taboo at the time to do that. And I think it still is mm. really difficult for people.
3: It is unfortunate. Uh, let's face it, it's as, sugar as addictive as cocaine. Like they now have brain images to see how people's brains light up when they sit ready for their dose of sugar. And no wonder people find it really hard to get away from. And similar to someone saying, hey, come have a drink with me, people don't want to be judged around their food, so they feel really cagey when you're sitting there Without any sort of treat, and they're they're about to dive into something really fluffy, like a chocolate covered croissant. You know, so I can understand why it's 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 hard. But the good news is, is the world is changing so fast, and. Five years ago, there was nowhere near the health food choices in the regular conventional grocery stores. And now we have huge opportunities. We have flax crackers without any sugar in them or any flour in them. We have wonderful, uh, everywhere I look, there's rolled quinoa. And there's,
2: there's great choices. You can do that. Uh, well that that's great. We're going to talk more about it, but we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Julie Janalux, she's the author of Hot Detox. So we'll be back shortly.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly Show & Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelley will explore and recommend proven business ideas, as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Julie Daniluk. She's the author of Hot Detox. So, Julie, when we're looking at, of course, the hot detox, and we talked earlier about di- how important digesti- digestion is, what what is digestive fire? Uh, yeah, well, in, in uh, Ayurveda,
3: that's called Agni. Digestive fire is basically the strength of your stomach to tear your food apart. So do you have enough hydrochloric acid and other digestive juices that are going to really take your food from that beautiful meal you see on your plate to chyme, which is that lovely slurry that will slip through into your small intestine and, and there will really be easy for your small intestine to absorb the nutrition when it's turned into chime. But if your stomach's not working correctly because you unfortunately have been put on a medication that lowers your stomach acid or you've had a lot of infections and your stomach acid is really compromised, then you will find your food will will leave your small intestine, sorry, leave your stomach into your small intestine. And it it won't necessarily be properly uh, properly broken down. And that becomes terribly problematic because your small intestine and large intestine will have overgrowth of negative microbes because they get fed on the food that's not digested. So if you don't absorb it, you're leaving it there for other microbes to thrive. And that's why a lot of people end up with candida overgrowth and other negative microbe overgrowth that we want to battle back by strengthening up your stomach, getting your digestive fire revved up, and then everything will work better.
2: So how can we uh, fuel that digestive fire? Well, one trick is to use
3: some apple cider vinegar or some lemon juice uh, right before a meal in some water. So I have those sort of remedies in the book. Other ideas is to use really nice spices. So I have a delicious turmeric latte, for example. Instead of weakening your stomach lining with another cup of caffeine, can we give you, say, dandelion coffee to replace your regular coffee? And that's going to give you all the flavor of coffee that actually help your liver detoxify and really encourage bile flow, which will help your whole digestion work better. So I'm really encouraging people just to just make those simple switches. Also I encourage you to use bitter herbs after meals or with meals because those digestive bitters will truly help you digest your food better. And by doing the warming up your food, um, you know, the energetic warming foods, those are so much easier to digest than the cold foods that most people will really notice their, their digestive fire goes up.
2: Um, so you, you mentioned Candida, and can you just explain what that is? Sure. So Candida albicans is a type of yeast that unfortunately grows
3: when we've had a lot of antibiotic use or if we've had a great deal of other types of yeast, it encourages the right environment for candida to grow. So if you've had um, a ton of yeasty bread and lots of beer and a tremendous amount of, you know, you love maybe wine as well, like know that those types of yeast that are live active yeast really will set up the right environment for other yeast to, to really thrive. Um, so that's why when when people are trying to battle off candida, if you have bloating and gas and a lot of um, a lot of unfortunate um, kind of dysbiosis where your bowels, your stools are are kind of moving from constipation to diarrhea with irritable bowel syndrome, a lot of people feel that that can be contributed to by things like candida or parasites. So it's important for us to. Just check in if you would benefit from reducing the amount of flour and sugar and reduce that yeast.
2: Um, well, you know, that that's usually the, the first step, I think, um, is getting our guts to work. So I love that we're talking about, you know, the leaky gut and everything, because no matter what people have going on, unless they've already addressed this, this is the first thing that I have to address with people. And so I think yeah. it's great that, that your book is out there and people can get started on that on their own with, you know, the great program like what you have laid out. Great. Yes. I really appreciate that. Um, You're doing such fine work in that area. Thank you. Um, So, you know, we we touched on this before the break, but, you know, there is a lot of controversy over, you know, raw food diets and, and, uh, you know, it's a a big thing out there. And can you just explain a little bit about, um, you know, that controversy and why you're choosing the, the hot, the warm foods, the hot foods?
3: Yeah, I find it fascinating that a lot of um, vegetarians uh, have kind of gone through a period of wanting to do the raw food vegan options. And unfortunately, it can really increase your potential for having diarrhea because um, of the overgrowth of negative microbes that may occur on the foods. But also, um, a lot of people who are attracted to this, I find it so hilarious that a lot of people who are attracted to the raw food diet, actually have what they call a vata constitution. And in Ayurveda, that means that they have a very um, thin and very uh, they, they have a propensity for um, having a little bit of digestive weakness and drier joints. And therefore, it's fascinating that they end up being attracted to the very thing that they need to stay away from. And I kind of think it's a human condition, right? How many people are attracted to the very thing that they kind of need to break up with? So I kind of help people with that eating psychology and understanding that, that if you um, are having these conditions by moving opposite to the real soothing, warming soups, adding oil to your food will truly help you uh, battle off that um, dry, cold constitution type.
2: Well, and, and one thing you, you touch on your book as well is that um, foods go by seasons. And so can, yeah. can you talk about that as well and how important that is?
3: Sure. I really like people to to know the importance of when winter, do you warm? <laughs> In the summer, you might be able to handle more raw produce because it's so hot outside that you, you don't mind... Of cooling off your core so i think that's one thing that in the in the middle of the summer we have leafy greens growing everywhere but in the wintertime we really are spent supposed to focus on root vegetables because that's what's been in our natural environment for thousands and thousands of years so if we can just eat more like our ancestors would with the rhythm of the seasons people find their their health improves
2: um, well, you know, that makes sense, you know, just um, like how I feel when I have a, a protein shake in the morning and then it makes me feel cold for the rest of the day. Um, that doesn't work for me in the winter. But, you know, if it's 30 plus 30 degrees Celsius outside, I definitely don't mind.
3: Yeah, exactly. Right. It, yeah. it just feels so good to have a, cu- a cold cucumber salad and some watermelon in the middle of July because those are the most cooling of the of the fruits available.
2: So when when we're looking at all of this and you have some nice charts in your book to help with this, but obviously um, I'm guessing it, it's not good if we go you know completely over to the warming side. Um, so how do we get that balance between the warm foods and the cold foods?
3: It's very easy if you focus on the warm to naturally get the cool. Because everything you want to garnish with is cool anyway. So all the sprouts and all the lettuce greens and all the the lovely tender shoots are all cooling energetically. So that's how I balance it is that 80% of the menu is warm, but 20% of the menu is the cool condiments that you add on top of things. So don't worry, you'll certainly have a balance. And for the most part, it's good for all three constitution types. Um, because I have tried to really switch it up. And if you are a person with a fiery hot condition, um, you're going to like some of these cooler ingredients, like a a great one that comes to mind with the beet bop salad. We're serving it with a huge amount of of sprouts so that you're you're feeling that balance.
2: So um, what would it look like if somebody had a a hot constitution like you just spoke about? Well, um,
3: they often get fired up. Really easily. That person will often have red skin. Um, they often have really hot, painful, uh, joint conditions and they, they often have a propensity to, uh, just be fired up in life. Like you really can see a pitta from far away. It's quite interesting. <laughs> um, very, very fiery personalities, but people who really get stuff done too. So there's always a, um, an upside and a downside to every constitution. So there's no right or wrong. But um, the fiery people have to really avoid cayenne pepper. That's one of the, the big known. so that's why in this book, I decided to avoid cayenne, even though for the hot detox, people probably think it's riddled with cayenne. Um, there's no black pepper or cayenne pepper because um, I've really noticed how that can be irritating to the gut lining for people who are sensitive. Or people who are overfired already. So I thought, oh, why don't we, why don't we go the middle road? Because that's really what traditional medicine is all about—is trying to balance you, um, and use all those warming spices that can bring you into balance versus the hot spices.
2: Well, you know, it definitely makes sense, especially when um, you know, if people are having trouble figuring out where they lie, um, you know, to not send them in the other direction.
3: Exactly. It's just too much. Yeah. That's why. The cayenne pepper maple syrup master cleanser, that's really popular. I find mm-hmm. it's really hard on people's stomachs. And I do yeah. want to just warn you that it's a it's good idea to have that balance.
2: Yeah, exactly. So when we're looking at all of this, um, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the white flour and the sugar we talked about, the eliminate. But there, are there other things that um, can be causing inflammation for people that they're not realizing? Oh, yeah. If you're allergic to a certain food, um, that'll really cause inflammation.
3: It all depends on how your gut lining is doing. So you mentioned leaky gut. We have a great uh, leaky gut illustration in the book helping people understand that between your um, small intestine microvilli are these things called tight junctures. And that's where we have to be so careful that the junctures are are really well formed and tight. But if you um, have antibiotics or you have a terrible parasite, you're going to actually loosen up that tight juncture. And the reason why I don't have any black pepper in the book is black pepper actually has been shown to weaken the tight junctures. And we want to um, make sure that we close up those tight junctures so that the bowel is nice and tight and, and fully functional. Otherwise, food particles will end up in the blood and will cause allergic reactions. Because once food particles are never meant to get into the blood, only, only nutrients are supposed to cross that membrane. And once it's in the blood, it'll create auto, the, the actual immune complexes IgG and IgE and IgA and unfortunately that will cause huge amounts of pain from head to toe. So I encourage people to really watch for their food allergies. They can get IgG IgE blood work to test their food allergies if they're thinking that this is something that they want to pursue. Um, I think it's a, a good plan to know what your food sensitivities are because that can, that can make a big difference and the standard ones beyond wheat and dairy other ones to keep in mind is soy is big, corn is big, um, potato is very big because we have such a high potato diet. Whatever we eat in excess may flag your immune system because it's, it's already on high reaction.
2: Well, you know, and that, that's the thing that, that can happen if you have the inflammation and then you eat too much of something, it doesn't matter how good it's supposed to be for you. It may be contributing.
3: Right, exactly. It's funny, my sister is highly allergic to cranberries, which might be one of the most healthy things because it kills H. pylori, um, the negative bacteria in your stomach. So how interesting that she has to avoid the superfood that everyone else raves about. Exactly. So I just encourage you to, to keep a food journal, you know, make sure that you start to register what makes you feel good and what makes you feel crummy. Because that's what really helped me in book number one called Meals to Heal Inflammation was just paying attention to how that food makes me feel. Not only in the moment, because it will often make you high when you first eat a food you're allergic to, you'll get a buzz from it because your adrenaline kicks in. But really Mm -hmm. pay attention in the next couple hours and even the next day because that's when we really see that, that food intolerance kick up.
2: Yeah. So do you find, as people go through your program, that that starts to get better?
3: Absolutely. I have, I have close to a thousand testimonials. I'm so excited with how people are improving. Um, just yesterday, this mother approached me and said, did you know my son found your book? He had terrible digestive problems. And within you know a month of following your program, they're just gone and I just want to thank you so much because as a mother you know it's hard to tell your child what to do so if it comes from an outside source that's when people really resonate with it. so thank goodness and then I have like Heather Moncombe is, is one of my greatest examples she lost 85 pounds she's off 10 doses of painkillers a day she's absolutely vital walking 27,000 steps a day instead of being bedridden I mean I'm, it's just so fun to see people get better
2: well, you know, and it, it just seems um, encouraging that we can make these changes and uh, sometimes a little discouraging when you look at somebody's in that situation and they're not getting guided in the right direction. So I'm glad that your book is out there so that people who are in those situations can can help themselves, which is also, you know, the point of doing my show so I can reach more people to help them like you've helped um, Heather to get out of bed and to uh, be able to walk instead of be bad written
3: that's incredible like your name the name of your show because so many people do feel that they have fallen through the cracks in the medical system so I can see why you named it uh, your show that because
1: uh-huh.
3: I just want to give people hope because when I came back from Thailand there wasn't any doctor helping me I went to a travel clinic and they sort of you know scratched their head and they ran a standard stool test, but the problem was, is the terrible infection I had wasn't showing on a standard test. I needed a very highly sensitive stool test where they took it over three days. So please get to the right practitioner, and if you're not happy with your practitioner, move on. Know that I went through seven different practitioners till I found Dr. Sun, and I really feel that people have to just just keep moving till they they click with somebody. And they get traction because I feel that you can heal absolutely anything because I've seen miracles. I've seen absolute miracles, people putting MS in re- remission. I've seen people with terrible lupus completely go into remission. Uh, I don't think you ever have something that is, that is uh, too far gone.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, Well, we're going to take a break. We're talking today with Julie Daniluk. She's the author of Hot Detox. So we're going to be back shortly.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Riss. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is enanticalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel
2: alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Julie Janiluk. She's the author of Hot Detox. Now, Julie, your book has the, the subtitle of a 21-day anti-inflammatory program to heal your gut and cleanse your body. So what does that program look like? Well, I actually
3: was shocked that they decided to go with a 21-day program because I created a three-day, a five-day, a seven-day a 10-day and a 21-day, because I know that not everyone's ready for a 21-day plan. So just to relax and know that you do have any length of time that you want to adhere to. And the five-day vegan plan is available at hotdetox.com. We created a separate menu of of a five-day plan just to make sure the vegans had enough variety of things to eat because I know how important it is to be really inclusive. So the plan's divided into omnivore for those people who want to eat more paleo-type meals, and then the other half is vegan recipes. So I'm trying to satisfy everyone in one household so you can all eat at the same table. And then you choose how long you want to go on the cleanse for. And the neat thing is, is that you start with whole foods. And I really encourage you to cook a lot of the muffins and the crackers and the and the breads and the things that will really sustain you through the whole cleanse. You do that before you even start. So you have it ready to go so people feel really confident that they have lots of delicious food because you never want to start the cleanse hungry. That makes you hangry. You never want that. And then we make sure that they have all that they need and then you uh, pick a length of time. whether If it's a three-day weekend that you want to try first, The the three-day, which is also the same menu that you have in the middle of the 21-day, is actually a liquid cleanse so that everything, this is really good for people with terrible digestive function. Because we puree everything, we really take it back to baby food. And it's so easy to digest that a lot of people find that they have less bloating and gas, and they feel like they, they have enough energy because the ingredients include lots of protein, like hemp hearts. Or, you know, know that those easy to digest seeds are whipped in the blender, but you just really feel like, oh, I can stick with this, but it's also super cleansing because of the ingredients we're using, the turmeric and the ginger and those spices really helping to cleanse your liver.
2: Um, well, that you know, this sounds really easy as well. If you're just like, you know, what I need a a, a short reset because I was on vacation, and I, most people come back from vacation going, yeah, I've got to get myself sorted because they kind of went overboard, and yeah. uh, you know, um, or just to get used to. Um, the process as well, and see you know how much mm-hmm. they enjoy it. Um, and so, do you recommend people start with like the shorter detox just for that reason, or how do people find it goes?
3: Well, what I what I do to, is I really say like know that the, the the liquid cleanse is is a good booster, but if you want great results, I would just set yourself up powerfully to take on either the ten day or the twenty one day because you're just eating real food. It's not going to be scary. It's not like you're, you're going off everything. You are purely eliminating a few inflammatory choices, but I totally substitute them. I mean, the muffins in this book I get rave reviews about, and people make them whether they're on the cleanse or not because they taste so good. So you're going to have your, your comfort foods. You know, I'm, I'm not asking you to give up bread. I'm just asking you to make a bread without flour in it. So I think once you get used to things like coconut flour and almond flour, you're going to love the fact that these new breads are extremely flavorful. And I think, I think of them like like elven bread from Lord of the Rings. Like you eat one piece and you're like, whoa! I'm so satisfied. I could hike the mountain. I could save Frodo.
2: We're good to go. (laughs) I love that. Our our Elven bread. I'm I'm looking at your book right now and I'm actually at the Apple breakfast bar page, which Mm. looks like the Elven bread, but also looks Mm. extremely delicious. Um, Mm. So, you know, when I looked through your book, um, most things looked like something that I would make anyway. You know, when you're looking at having a healthy diet with vegetables and, and meat and, well, I think you, you have a lot of fish, um, it doesn't look that, that far away from what people would have anyway unless their diet is completely fast food and, and just breads mm-hmm. and sugars. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'd make sure to really plump up uh, all those classics, you know, because if you have a flavor delivery device, you can commit. you got to carry the flavor, and that's where the bread or the cracker or the wrap comes in. So, yeah, I'm so happy that you agree that you could live on this all the time. And I do. Like, people ask me, how often do you do the cleanse? And I'm like, are you kidding? 355 days a year? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't seem like it's not a harsh cleanse like the, you know, the, ma- the cleanse on the, you know, the lemon and the cayenne pepper that you talked about where you're basically just having that. You're getting full on nutrients from this, but you're removing what causes inflammation and then you're healing through food, which I think is really the way to go. It's gentler on our bodies and our bodies are able to shift and respond in, in uh, ways it needs to when we do that.
3: Yes. I'm so glad you you really get it. <laughs> it's so lovely to talk to a TPM doctor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, when we're looking at all of this, um, you know, in your book, you, have a, you go through a lot about what, what's detoxification. Of course, we're not going to have time, but um, it's good for people to know that that's all in there and, you know, what your body is doing as going through this process. But I think there's a few things that are important to talk about. Um, one of them is hydration. So, how important mm. is that for people in this process?
3: Well, people forget that their lymph system and their kidneys are completely reliant on you having a ton of fluid in your system, and the average person runs really dehydrated consistently because alcohol dehydrates you, caffeine dehydrates you, Um, so it's really tricky for a lot of folk to keep that delicate balance. If they're drinking coffee during the day and having wine at night or beer at night, wow, you're really behind the eight ball. So that's one big difference that we're trying to do is get you to drink warming fluids that are delicious and help you with wean off of coffee. And I'm not saying you have to go cold turkey off coffee. I know that some people need caffeine to get terrible headaches, but I'm saying hey, can we give you some kinder versions of caffeine, uh, like some cocoa in a hot uh, shake? Or could you enjoy um, some of the, the lovely teas like yerba mate or, or some good quality organic white tea so that you're not having this horrendous uh, roller coaster all the time? And I just love these warming. Uh, I have like so many elixirs and delicious hot smoothies. And people would be shocked like, wow, when you take basically a smoothie concept and add hot water and hot spices to it, your tummy's going to go, thank you, wow, this is what we're supposed to be feeling. Um, It just goes down so much easier. And then when people are ready, I say, hey, let's swap out the smoothies and go for soupies, which are basically blender soups that are so fast and easy to make. You're going to really enjoy those, and they only take five, five, six minutes to prepare, just like a smoothie, but you got soup ingredients going in, and that tastes so good.
2: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things, actually, just because the, the smoothies don't go well for me because they're, they're too cold. Um, but mm-hmm. if I have, I, I'm going to call it a soupy from now on. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, mean, I just yeah. coined it for Marilyn Dennis. It's like the soupy. It's all have soupy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> would um as, sorry that just distracted me so much um what can you just explain i mean we talked about the importance of, of gut and and the bad bacterias but can you explain the the good bacterias that we need as well
3: sure i would love to chat too we have a lot of good microbes that we get there's 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 real debate between 500 and 1,000 different types of microbes that are all taking up camp exactly like a huge, um, the biodiversity of, of a rainforest, for example. We need to repopulate those good bacteria because they're often killed off with antibiotics. So the good bacteria that thrives on things like your sauerkraut, um, and your, and your good yogurts. And those things are often, um, lactobacteria. So they're, they make lactic acid through the fermentation process. And that lactic acid, I know a lot of people are scared of the word lactic acid because they think lactic acid in their mu- muscles make pain. But no, lactic acid in your gut is actually extremely good because it sets up the right soil environment for the good microbes to thrive. So that's why I encourage people to make their own sauerkraut. I have a delicious recipe in the book. I show you how to make kimchi without cayenne. We use ginger instead. And then I also make beet pickles and yogurt. You're just going to love the fermentation recipes. They're so easy to do. And I encourage people to use like an acidophilus capsule to make their own yogurt to make sure that it's a human strain, real good, healthy bacteria that we're making the yogurt from. Instead of just wild fermentation, we're, we're sort of steering the ship a little bit and helping the body make sure to thrive with the right bacteria. So um, acidophilus and bifidus are two of the major healthy bacteria that we want to have a lot of. And then, of course, um, Saccharomyces boulardii is a type of yeast that's very, very good for healing severe diarrhea. And so good to know that there's also... Good forms of yeast as well. That's why when people have kefir, they're often having good quality uh, yeast and bacteria up to 120 strains.
2: Well, you know, I I love this uh, revolution that's happening to bring back all the fermented foods. I think we forgot about them for a while, and uh, sure. you know, it it uh, um it you know now it's this uh, there's so much more awareness about it. And really, if we can get most of what we need through food, why wouldn't we embrace that? And don't you find people
3: also completely forgot how to make bone broth? Like, thank goodness. My grandma is Ukrainian and my other grandma is Scottish. So like they're so thrifty that we would never throw bones away. But the average is just pitch bones constantly. In traditional Chinese medicine, the idea of making a chicken soup is, is like the backbone of, of the way exactly. to deliver all those wonderful herbs, right? So yeah. yeah, I really want people to, if there's two things you learn to do, if you can learn to ferment, which is as easy as flipping pancakes, it is not a difficult process. And if you can also really... Uh, commit to learning how to make a bone broth, which takes about 10 minutes to throw in a slow cooker, or you know, as long as you have lots of water, you can you can cook it on the stove, and and let those boiled uh, bones boil and boil to break down the collagen, and then you get to drink that collagen, and that's going to replenish your your gut and your joint cartilage, which is so important. Also, providing a critical amino acid called glycine and glycine helps to flush liver toxins.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I I love that you you brought up a slow cooker. I think people forget about that part, and they think it, it's difficult, but I actually make broth every week, and I put it in my soupy, nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it it's so easy, because I just, you know, I throw in the vegetables that, that didn't end up getting eaten, that are almost at their end, and, and whatever else I have left over, and I just put it in overnight, and I've got broth, you know, and it yeah. probably took me five minutes, so.
3: Yeah, and people make it so overly complicated. One thing I do to help speed myself up is I'll take my, you know, organic rotisserie chicken and I'll just put the bones in the freezer when I don't have time. So don't stress yourself. Just chuck them in the freezer. And then I start in the same bag. I'll just start adding in, like when I cut up a carrot, I'll just keep the ends. Or when I cut up an onion, I'll just keep the ends. And I'll throw all that in because we have to remember that we're not going to actually drink the ends. We're just going to be borrowing the essence from that produce. So you can actually Mm -hmm. use all the stuff you would normally compost as long as it's healthy, like the ends of your broccoli or whatever you want to use. And that way you're making 100% free broth, which I think turns a whole bunch of people on. Because when people say to me, I can't afford to eat this way, I'm like, actually eating junk food is more expensive than the vegetarian recipes in my book because yeah. come on lentils are <laughs> so cheap and and bone broth is free and like we can do this a cabbage costs a dollar you can ferment it yeah it's exactly so
2: expensive yeah so Julie there there's so much more information in your book that of course we had time for in this hour so is there any way people can get more information if they're um, really interested in this. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, the good news
2: is is everything's at hotdetox.com. So I bought that
3: really expensive domain because I wanted everyone to be able to remember it. Just go to hotdetox.com, load, uh, download the $160 with the free book bonuses because it was supposed to be 500 pages and I couldn't actually stick it in there. They only gave me 350 pages. So go get the extras, It's kind of the director's cut. And then I really want you to enjoy my wonderful Hot Detox community. If you go find me on Facebook, which is just my name, Julie Dalek, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes, people can absolutely go find the community, Hot Detox. That's where we're putting up all the new recipes. That's where people are sharing the photography of their experiments and absolutely loving it. So go enjoy that hot detox community. And please uh, follow me on Instagram at Twitter, just at my name, at Julie Daniluk. And I share delicious recipes all the time. And my personal website is juliedaniluk.com.
2: That's great, Julie. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This is one of my favorite topics, so I'm glad we got to chat about it. (laughs) Awesome. Amazing.
3: Well, you uh, enjoy thriving, and thanks for all that you give.
2: Uh, All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Just be sure that you make today a great day.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.